here today with Bo Webster, special guest. Bo, thanks for coming in, man. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you. How's your senior year going? Senior year's been great so far. Uh, second semester just started a couple weeks ago. Enjoying all my new classes uh, second semester, which is really nice. What are you taking? What's on the schedule? Um, new classes this semester are entrepreneurship over at Bryn Mawr. Um, World Religions of the West with Mr. Goldman, and then uh, Literature of Incarceration at RPCS. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's that class all about? What are you reading? Uh, we're currently reading, we're about to start Just Mercy. Um, so I don't really know what that book is all about yet. Um, but that's just about um, what it's like in the prison system and jail system in America and how the law um, has been molded by uh, racism a lot in mm -hmm. the country and how. Uh, the law enforcement uh, founded in the uh, laws that affected that. Interesting. Yeah, there's some really cool and interesting electives out there. Mm -hmm. you know, I've been switching around my electives for seniors a little bit, teaching a British novels class next spring, which mm. I'm interested to see who's going to sign up for that class in the spring of their senior year. But yeah. um, it'll be fun. Um, so you've been going to Gilman since – Ninth grade, maybe, right? Yep. And you came year. from Calvert. Yes. Okay, so I don't really know too much about Calvert School. Um, what was your experience like there? Um, my experience was great. Um, all of my dad's family members went there. His grandfather went there. Um, it's a co-ed school starting pre-K, goes all the way up to eighth grade. It's right by uh, Johns Hopkins University. Um, they recently made it so that boys and girls have classes together throughout all grades. Um, originally... You would have um, non-co-ed homerooms. So in first through fourth grade, boys and girls would be separated for homerooms, and then they would have reading and math classes together, but you would spend most of your day in your homeroom. Mm -hmm. um, and then once you get into the middle school, then there's no real homerooms, and you just have every class with boys and girls, which is really nice. So I was thinking about it. So if you wanted to go to a co-ed high school around here, is McDonough your only option? Am I wrong there? Yeah, McDonough is really your only option. And I guess Gilman, even though it's not co-ed with the classes with Bryn Mawr and RPCS, it's your next best option. That's so interesting that there are really, I mean, private school-wise, yeah. there are no other um, co-ed schools around here. Yeah. Because St. Paul's is separated. Do they do they take classes together? Do you know? They do take classes together like we do, but I think they're trying to just merge and become one school, but I wouldn't quote myself on that. <laughs> so do you feel like Calvert set you up pretty well for Gilman? Yeah, definitely. It's a We start taking exams in uh, middle school, so fifth through eighth grade, you're taking midterms and you're taking finals, and it's very helpful in building good study habits for those bigger projects and research habits. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the Calvert students who come to Gilman are pretty good writers and, mm -hmm. and the others in, in Bryn Mawr and Roland Park too. But I feel like they're always, you know, well-trained in grammar and handwriting yep. and my um, handwriting's not too good. Oh yeah. Your handwriting. I still, write I guess in, you don't really need handwriting anymore. You know, nah, I still write in the Calvert script. I'm one of the only Calvert students in my grade that still writes in it. It's like a, it's like a weird, script it's some made up writing style i don't know but i forgot how to write in print well that that's maybe why it came to my mind is because i remember you wrote in cursive last year right yeah. or script or calvert, Cur script. Yeah, calvert script and people don't really do that much so that no. you know maybe it's not the most legible <laughs> but at least it's cursive people yeah. don't really write in cursive too much anymore. yeah cool 
Uh, and then next year you're off to Holy Cross. Yep. What was your first time like at Holy Cross? Why did it appeal to you? What are you most excited about, you know, next year and for the next four years? So uh, I actually visited Holy Cross for the first time last last spring, and I was there on a bluebird, like 75-degree day. Um, and Holy Cross gets a lot of snow and is very cold during the winters. And um, there was a member, I was taking a tour with the lacrosse coach, and one of the players from California was walking by, and he had the biggest smile. And Coach Reppert goes, why are you so happy? And he's like, I, it's just so warm out and sunny. I just I haven't seen the sun in months. And I was like, oh, oh, it seems nice today, so I'm just going to go off of that. Um, so I thought the school, and at the time, the weather was very nice. Um, but very beautiful campus on a hilltop, uh, looks over the city of Worcester. Um, great, uh, great academics. Um, new lacrosse coach who I'm very excited to play for. So um, who is the new coach? Because I know that they've had some shaky yep. coaches in the past. Just from my friend, one of my best friend, Richie Plazy, went to Holy mm-hmm. Cross, and uh, we kept in good touch throughout college, played each other. Yep. Um, so I knew about the one coach who was who was there for a little bit, but now they've got a whole new establishment. Yep, they've got a whole new staff. Um, coach Reppert has been there. I think this will be his first or second full season. Um, and my recruiting class is his first full recruiting class where he was able to watch us throughout the entire summer before our junior years and was able to contact people on September 1. And so his name's J.L. Reppert, and he coached at um, Maryland for a while and won a national championship there as their offensive coordinator. So very mm-hmm. excited to play for him. Cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And and from your recruiting class, do you keep in touch with the guys that you're going to be incoming freshmen with yet, or is that? Um, a little bit. Uh, we have a group chat. Not a lot of us knew each other before our uh, official visit together uh, back in October, but we have a very big recruiting class. There's 15 of us. Um, and two of the other guys played on my uh, club across team, FCA, and they go to St. Paul's and Calvert Hall. Okay. Um, so very excited about that. Nice. Um, and they had a game this weekend, right? They played Lehigh? Maybe? They played Providence. Played Providence. Providence at Providence, lost 12-9. to 9. Okay. Well, that's <clears throat> yeah. pretty good. Very good. And then they play uh, Merrimack again Wednesday. So Holy Cross, it's going to be freezing up there, but do, is there an indoor yeah, facility? We have, we have very nice facilities. They redid um, a lot of the facilities and added on to the uh, Varsity Sports Athletic Center. So we have an indoor field that's about – it's not regulation, so they can't host an indoor game there, but it's about 100 yards wall-to-wall. So it's more than enough for lacrosse to get work in, in there and football and all the other sports, but can't host a game in there. And then they also have brand-new uh, weight room that's really nice. Yeah, and I remember they had the AstroTurf a couple of years ago, yeah. maybe. And you, you you didn't know whether to wear cleats on it or mm-hmm. to wear sneakers, and yeah. now that's all gone, and they're – they're in pretty good shape now. Yeah, I think they just turned that into the field hockey field and then put in the lacrosse field just at the other end of that. I know they have a pretty nice ice hockey rink. I've, I've been yeah, up it's and really nice. seen that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so I'd love to hear you talk, Bo, about, you know, you play a couple different sports. You play hockey and lacrosse. And do you mm-hmm. do something in the fall, too, or just those two? Just those two. So, you know, at Gilman, we try to talk about the three-sport athlete, which – I wasn't necessarily a three-sport athlete in high school, but I did mm. play a lot of sport. Like, I didn't play basketball for my school, but I played outside of school, and I played football all growing up. And I don't know if, I, I don't know if I'm um, totally adamant that the three-sport model is necessary. Mm. I think it's helpful, and I think it's interesting to see a, 
guy like you who plays multiple of different sports, enjoys other sports. Yeah. And I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about how your lacrosse game and hockey game kind of flow together and work off of each other because, you know, you've got good hands, you know, you've mm-hmm. got soft hands. And uh, that's something that I think comes from playing a lot of lacrosse and hockey too. Yeah. Um, so I've been playing hockey and lacrosse for a very long time. I've been playing lacrosse for a little bit longer. Um, my play styles are very different in both um, lacrosse. I'd say I'm a little bit more skilled. Um, I'm able to handle the ball a little bit better. I'm a finisher and shooter, which I'm very good at. Um, hockey, I'm definitely a much more of a physical player. I don't have as great hands in that. I'm not a great stick handler. Um, really? That's surprising to me. Yeah, I have an, I have an okay shot. Uh, it's definitely gotten better as I've gotten stronger and older. But I think that both of those games work hand-in-hand hand very well because you have to be able to set up an offense and be able to find space and find the open guy. And it's it's very helpful. Growing up, I played um, hockey and lacrosse with Oscar Wilson, and Oscar was much more of a skilled player in hockey. And his dad would always tell me I had great hockey sense because I just had my head up all the time. And I think that translated to lacrosse as well where I just like try and have my head up at all times, find the open man, or if I have the opportunity to shoot, um, shoot. Mm-hmm. So, so who are some, I guess, influ- influential coaches for you growing up? Because, you know, my dad was a lacrosse player, and he always took me down to the Johns Hopkins game, mm-hmm. which was, you know, you grew up with Hopkins in your backyard, and my dad played at Hopkins, so I was always kind of just playing with him, and he would coach me, and I really learned the game from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some pretty good high school coaches and some youth assistant coaches, but it's really my dad is kind of my model for the sport of lacrosse. Um, how about you? Like, who really introduced you to the game and got you going and got you in, in, into it? Um, so my dad, his two brothers, and my grandfather all played uh, Division One lacrosse at different schools. So my dad was my lacrosse coach from the age of four till probably 10 when I stopped playing rec lacrosse. Um, so... I spent countless hours with him just at practice, and then it was a two-minute bike ride from my house to uh, Loyola's uh, Diane Jeppy Aikens Field, which is where they used to play before Ridley, and we would always shoot, and he'd have me doing drills and working on my shot and all sorts of different things. So he definitely taught me the most about um, lacrosse individually, and still after every game today, he's always talking to me about what he saw out there and what he thought I did well or what I could have done better, um, which I always love talking to him after games and might not seem like it sometimes and I'm not really looking at him after we lost or something I'm like dad I got it I know I missed that shot and the other shot but did you see that ground ball or goal I scored Mm -hmm. um but it's fine um and then two others would be uh Oscar Wilson's dad Brad Wilson who helped uh, coach my hockey teams from about six to 13 um and it was always very helpful to have him as a hockey coach because my dad knew nothing about hockey, didn't play hockey growing up, neither my mom. So Mr. Wolves would always be driving me to practice, and he would help me kind of find the correlations between hockey and lacrosse, which helped a lot out, helped me a lot out mm-hmm. um, growing up um, and just figure out what I'm good at and taught me how to use my body really well and, like, protecting the puck. Um, and then the third would be uh, Brian Kelly, the head coach at Calvert Hall. He was my FCA coach, uh, club lacrosse coach, for a very long time. Um and I feel like the reason he was such a good coach and influential on my uh, lacrosse career was because he's very intense. And at times I was very, very scared of him. But other times he and I are just joking around and like laughing at somebody throwing the ball out of the play or his son who's a lefty attackman and me just like chirping him. And then 
Coach Kelly will start chirping him along with me, and it's just funny seeing a dad chirp his own son like that. Um, so, and he always would say like people are like twirlers who are like not really paying attention. They're just like talking in the back of the lines. And this fall, I actually had the opportunity to help him coach one of his other younger sons' teams, who was a seventh grader, and he was calling a kid twirler. I was like, Coach Kelly, you might also be a twirler. He was like, oh, yeah, definitely, but I know when to tor- turn it on and off. And I was like, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so you went through the whole club lacrosse yep. program, and you know you did FCA. That was your main club, right, FCA growing up? So I played FCA in fourth grade, and then fifth grade I decided to make the switch to crabs, and then back since sixth grade till junior year I played for FCA. Okay, so – when I moved down here, I started coaching with Team 91, and then I was coaching with the Crabs for a little bit, and I was coaching with Mesa when Coach Nostrant was down here. Mm-hmm. And the club world is is so much different yeah. than it was when my dad was coaching me for Mesa when I was in high school. And, you know, I didn't even play club lacrosse in middle school. It was kind mm-hmm. of rec. It was like a rec yeah. travel team, and you'd play one or two tournaments in the summer. And... You know, I was always into it. I was like you. You know, I love the sport. I was watching all the highlight videos of the college players. I was coming down to Hopkins games. So I was passionate about the sport. Yeah. But I look around today at the just, you know, maybe this is based on going to college and playing lacrosse for four years and maybe getting a little burnout of it and coming down here and just seeing the landscape of the club world Mm -hmm. and how intense it is and how if you don't get involved when you're in – you know, second grade to this club team, you feel like you're going to get left behind and these kids are getting good and they're playing all the time. Do you find that the club scene is, is a little out of control? There's too much going on? Or do you think that it's, you know, natural and it's only going to get more intense? Kind of like, I think the soccer world's kind of like that. And I think a lot of sports are very, you know, you've got you've to play, you've got to put in all these hours if you want to get to the next level. Um. Well, to start that off, how you mentioned uh, rec lacrosse, I don't think there really is rec lacrosse anymore. I think Crabs and Team 91 and all those club teams, they have like players in lower school and middle school, and that's just that's just who they play for. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the financial breakdown of what lacrosse was when I was five or six years old. I can't imagine it was anywhere near what you have to pay to play club lacrosse as a high schooler or a middle schooler. Um, which I think is really unfortunate. Um, but I think it's it's definitely necessary at this point because I feel like if you're on a good club lacrosse team, you're going to be going to good tournaments where when you're in high school, good college coaches are going to come to the good tournaments and that's where you're going to get seen, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely beneficial. But at times I think when I played for uh, Crabs in fifth grade, if you didn't have the yellow shirt on with your blue shorts for – a random practice in January, you'd be in trouble. Like you'd have to take a lap and you'd be kind of punished for that, which mm-hmm. I'm in fifth grade. I don't know why I should, I'm not doing my own laundry. I don't even know how to turn on the washing machine. I don't, I don't know why I'm in charge of having the proper shirt. Sorry. I slept at a friend's house last night. You know, it's, yep. Yep. it's just kind of that part of it sometimes can be kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think, you know, it, um, there is no middle ground, really. So if you want to just try out lacrosse and play for fun and learn the game, it's very hard to get involved in it because, yeah. you know, these clubs are so expensive. They're so intense. You practice all the time. I'm just thinking about, like, you know, I've got a younger sister who's 12 years old, 13 years old now, who likes lacrosse, but 
she's not a diehard. She yeah. just wants to play. And my parents are, you know, paying all this money for her to play. And like, is she really into it? And the way I played lacrosse and really got into it and started to love it is because it was always fun. It was never like, I got to go to this practice. Or, yeah. You know, I got to go to this tournament. I got to wake up early, which there was some of that, but it was more, oh, this sport's fun. It's not too intense. And I really got the most joy out of it playing in my backyard, playing against the wall by myself and playing with my dad. Yeah. And I think the sport has to be fun for you to really love it. Yeah. I mean, I've never, I played basketball growing up. I didn't find it fun. My parents did not pressure me into continuing to play basketball. I played t-ball for maybe one or two years. I didn't find it fun. My parents said, that's fine. No problem. I had fun playing lacrosse and hockey. My parents were like, great. Um, my brother and my sister both played lacrosse at young ages. My brother decided in eighth grade that he wanted to take golf very seriously, and he did that, and my parents were totally fine with that. He no longer played lacrosse because he was having more fun playing golf. My sister, she um, played lacrosse. She was a good goalie. She would do a real good job at swatting at the ball. She would attack it, um, but eventually she didn't find it any fun, so she stopped playing. I don't think kids these days are always playing sports because they're having fun. I think a lot of times parents, especially in Baltimore where – families who move here don't necessarily have ever have ever played lacrosse before the parents and so they see oh they're in baltimore my son needs to play lacrosse and mm -hmm. i just don't think that that is necessary yeah yeah i guess it's different for us because it was almost like in our blood you mm -hmm. know like our parents <clears throat> played and you know, i never picked up a baseball bat in my entire life so i didn't know any different yeah it's just like you got to get out there and and luckily i liked it but i don't know um all right so How'd you get to Gilman when you were looking at schools? Why Gilman? Um, so at the end of my high school search, it was really down to uh, St. Paul's and Gilman. And I, most people just go on a high school shadow day where they just follow around a freshman for the day. And um, I decided I wanted, since it was such a close decision, I wanted to do a shadow day with an eighth grader. So a student I would be classmates with. Um, and when I just met the guys at Gilman and like talking with them and just in the hallways that day, I realized that's where I really wanted to go to school. Um, and I had spent a lot of time around, um, some of my friends at Calvert's older brothers who went to Gilman. I always thought it was really cool talking with them. And then it's just like the brotherhood here. Um, I'm very close with, uh, a lot of the guys I went to school with at Calvert, but in the past four years, I've made a lot of new friends who I think I'll be friends with for the rest of my life. When you guys hang out outside of school, do you hang out with guys from Calvert Hall and McDonough? Does it vary? I, I, I guess it probably varies on grade, but mm. like, are some of your closest friends guys from different schools or when you hang out, do you all hang out with Gilman guys? So I hang out with a lot of Gilman guys, but then two of my closest friends go to uh, Loyola Blakefield, uh, Thomas Lala and Brendan Bateman. And so I met them um, through FCA. So I've known them for longer than some of, some of the classmates here. So, yeah. 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 I think you could probably say this about any sport, but I think lacrosse is a cool sport because you know there are guys that I'll see today, you know, randomly, and I'll just remember playing, you know, ninth grade, yeah, club lacrosse, you know, one game with them, and you just you, it's such a small knit community, close knit community that you you'll know people that you played with for mm -hmm. the rest of your life. Yeah, and I think one of the similar to that one of the great things about hockey is it's really the only youth sport where you have a locker room before every single game. So a lot of my teams growing up, they want you an hour there at the game an hour early, so you have plenty of time to warm up, get dressed for the game. 
it only takes you 10, 15 minutes to get dressed. It only takes you 10, 15 minutes to warm up. So you have about 30 minutes before a game to just talk with the guys in the locker room and just say whatever you're thinking about that day or talking about the movies you're watching or whatever TV show or however school went that week, which I think is one of the best parts about hockey. Mm-hmm. So you're right in the middle of hockey season. How many more weeks left? We have our final regular season game this Wednesday and then playoffs start next Tuesday. Nice. What is the, what's the culture like on the hockey team? I know your coaches are great and I know a couple guys on the team and it seems like a lot of fun, but what's the year been like just broadly? Um, so we started out really well. We were undefeated for a while and then, um, last week or the week before last, um, we had lost to, uh, St. Paul's and St. Peter and Paul's two of the better teams in the league. Um, and Gilman hockey for a while has been pretty solid. Um, in Maryland, there's not a ton of great hockey. So we're at MIAB conference. Um, we have about four or five really solid hockey players. Um, and then there is a little bit of a decline after that, but, um, that's just because a lot of the guys are playing hockey for the first time, um, when they started high school. So they totally understand their role and they're doing their best. We are, uh, our third line, Wally Radeball, Warry Calhoun, and Cal Hickey. Warry played one year in middle school, has not played in high school till this year, and Wally played a little bit of rec hockey growing up. Um, and we call them the grit line because they just go out there and somehow they find a way to score goals and they, they do a great job on the forecheck and their line loves to hit a lot, <laughs> um, which is always fun whenever they're on the ice. And then it's just the, the skill gap is quite wide. Last year St. Paul's had one really, really good player who – probably would have been the best player in the A conference too, um, which makes it difficult at times to guard against them when, say, your third or fourth line is out there. They're kind of on their heels and can barely skate backwards if they can skate backwards. Um, so it makes it a little difficult when there are other teams have players like that, but it's still a lot of fun. Yeah. it's Other than the fact that you've got the ice time thing is a little tough. You know, yeah. like you've got to figure out good times to, and then the transportation and that's the only thing that seems like a hassle. But other than that, it seems like an awesome sport. Yeah, it's kind of annoying having to drive uh, 35, 40 minutes out to Ice World three times a week. Um, and then we get one ice sheet at Mount Pleasant, which is just five, 10 minutes up the road. But this year I've been carpooling with Oscar Wilson and Ellen David of, so that makes the 45-minute drive feel a little bit longer and it's just nice talking with them. Yeah, those are good memories, the carpool rides to practice. Yep. We did that for lacrosse when I was in high school. Um Love it, Bo. Uh, so, Gilman, generally speaking, outside of sports, um, what do you think, you know, when you're at Holy Cross next year and you're kind of looking back and maybe a couple years down the line, what do you think you'll miss the most about Gilman and what do you really want out of the next semester of your senior year here? Um, just seeing the guys in between classes and uh, after lunch this year, having the senior room and being able to be with a group of 20, 30 guys who I'm close friends with, not as close friends with, but still acquaintances with. Just having that senior room, being able to sit down on the couches and talk about the NFL over the weekend or the NHL or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then definitely this year, the, uh, the ping pong tables, I'm going to miss a lot next year. Mm-hmm. You'll, I'm sure you'll find some at Holy Cross. Yeah, I didn't see any on my visit, which made me a little nervous. But um, <laughs> I'm hopeful that they have good paddles, and I don't really want to have to bring a paddle because – I don't know, that'd just be a hassle. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you like the paddles without the padding on them. You just like the wooden 
So I've recently changed. I started out the year with a firmer, a little more uh, fast paddle, not as much spin. Uh Um, Then I decided to start using a little bit spinnier paddle, get a little bit more control on the ball, which I've really enjoyed recently. Do you guys have a leaderboard that's in the senior room? Because I think that'd be a good addition or maybe a senior gift, a leaderboard, like a nice wooden leaderboard with those little, you know, those. uh, Yeah. I don't know. What do you call them with everyone's name on them? I think that'd be a good senior gift. That would. We we do not have a leaderboard, but there's definitely a clear-cut kind of top top group of players. Um, Rory Calhoun, really good ping-pong player. Uh, Zach Harvey's a really good table tennis player, as he likes to say. Not a ping-pong player, table tennis player. Um, What's the difference? It's a really good question. You should ask him. Okay, that's yeah. his thing. <laughs> yep, but uh, it's a lot of fun in there, going in there, and sometimes in the afternoons after assembly, during blocks. People will just be in there for an hour or two before athletics start, just getting back in the cycle. you got to call next, and sometimes there's a line of seven or eight people ready to play. So you're pretty good. Where do you rank? You know, I played Warry. I played you. You know, you're both. You when bo- was the last time we played? How did that go? I'm, I'm going to get my paddle out of the locker room, and we're going to redo it. But you did pretty well. You're a good player. Okay. And, um, you know, I told you you've got good hands. Thank I, knew, you. I know that. But Warry's got a totally different game. I played him right after you, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I couldn't really believe the spin he was putting on his serve. Yeah, Warry's a really uh, aggressive player. He That sometimes is a fault of his. He hits the ball very hard, and sometimes he gets a little out of control, hits it long or hits it into the net. Um, whenever Zach Harvey and I play, we get into a lot of like really long rallies where we're just going backhand to backhand, just waiting for the other person to make a mistake. Um, so your consistency, Warry's power. Uh, yeah, I like to say, like, I'm just sometimes when there's a really long rally, I get I try and get every ball back or try and get a paddle on every ball. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like I said, it's like kind of like playing wall ball with a ping pong paddle. Mm-hmm. Um, I just try and get everything back on the table. And I feel like that's probably one of the best parts of my game. Yeah. Yeah. And that was always my problem because in college, we had a ping pong table right outside of our dining hall. And mm-hmm. we would play before every meal, after every meal, three times a day. So we'd play a lot of ping mm-hmm. pong. And that's why, you know, it grinds my gears that I can't beat you. I played a lot of ping pong in college. But my college roommate was a consistency. He was a backboard. Mm-hmm. He would yep. just hit it back every single time, and I could never beat him. Yeah. Um, so. I've been playing a lot. Of, you might have played a lot of ping pong in college. I've played a lot of ping pong in the last six months. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's good addition to the senior room, I think, because it's a mental break. You go to yeah. class, you've got 20 minutes in between. Do you ever play in between classes? All the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Good and competition. You guys should get some, um, uh, what's, uh, when you throw the bags. Oh, cornhole. We, we have cornhole boards, no bags, but we actually use them as like a backstop behind one end, one of the ends of the table so the ball doesn't roll for... 30, 40 feet, and we have to go walk and get it. Mm-hmm. So they're being put to use. Yeah. So what would you add to the senior room, you know, upon your departure at the end of the year to make it just an even better place for the students behind you? That is a really good question. Um, I would add uh, some more ping pong paddles because a couple have gotten broken. I won't name names, um, whether it was incidental or on purpose. A couple paddles have been broken. Um but I think the senior room is great now. I don't remember any of the other. The old senior room may or may not have had a ping pong table. It might have been taken away my freshman year. Um, I don't think they had a ping pong table last year, um, which has been 
really nice. And then we had a Papa shot up in there, the the basketball shooting game, um, mm-hmm. and that got broken. But the ping pong table's perfect. That's all I need. Okay. <laughs> uh, how about the TV or anything? Is that, is that allowed in there or no? I feel like that would kind of dis- – like it would be nice to have a TV in there, but it's also just kind of nice to just disconnect and just kind of talk to the guys in there. Yeah. Were you – so I guess your COVID years were ninth grade into 10th grade? Yeah, so – freshman year we i was on jv for lacrosse and we had one game and then school was over Mm -hmm. um and then sophomore year we were at home until i don't actually do you know when we came back sophomore year Mm. because we were at home for a while but i'm not quite sure when we came back it was virtual i think until like december january right and then everyone wore masks for the rest of that year i think yeah so was that the year that I taught you or was that the year after? I, year I, after, you had me, I had you junior year. But we were in mass for half of the year last year. Yes. That's crazy to think about. I don't even yeah. really remember that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, who were some of your, or what were some of your favorite classes when you were here at Gilman um, in terms of classroom dynamics? Like you really got along with the, the classes because I think that's so important and I've been thinking about that a lot is you know, how to get the class to like each other and to mm-hmm. bond and to, and I think one good measure of this is, you know, outside of the classroom and you see each other's on the weekends, mm-hmm. you're talking about how nice of a atmosphere it is in that particular class that you take together. Yeah. So I would say I had Mr. Gulein freshman and junior year for math. Um, and both of those classes, I feel like by the end of a year, by the end of the year with a Gulein math class, I feel like you know everyone in that class. If you weren't necessarily friends or had never really talked to someone in one of those classes before, he just does such a good job of getting everyone involved and engaged. And in that class, we're always going up to the board and we're helping each other out with problems. And it's very nice to be able to joke around in a class like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd say last year, I felt like in your English class, I feel like we had a good group of people, uh, Cameron Amio, who I'm not super close with, but every other morning, first period, I feel like we would always be talking. Mm-hmm. Um, Maggie Baffy, Julia Powell, um, just some of the girls from Bryn Mawr in our class. I felt like that was a really good class where we were able to talk and have good discussion all the time. There were good discussions in that class. And I, you know what I was thinking about? First of all, that class was kind of small. There were only nine or ten students in there, maybe yep. 11. And, and Curtis Lawson was in that class. Can't forget Curtis. Simon was yep. in there, Amari. Mm-hmm. Um but I think something that's important when you have a class is you've got to have some people that are slightly disagreeable. And this is what mm-hmm. I appreciate about you sometimes and Simon. You know, you don't always want to agree with each other when you're having a conversation. There's got to be a little bit of pushback. And yeah. when we're talking about a book or a short story or a poem, I think it's nice when not everyone just says, oh, yeah, that's probably the answer. Mr. Scott's got the right answer. I don't have the right answer. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to talk about it and, you know, find out what we all think, you know? Yeah, this year, uh, first semester, I had a graded roundtable discussion at Bryn Mawr where the teacher was supposed to not say a word, and she expected it to go 80 minutes, but no one disagreed with each other. So we all just kind of stated some facts, and we were done in about 35 minutes, and she was in shock. But I wasn't really in shock because of the way she had taught the class. We all just kind of had the same viewpoints and it didn't move anywhere after about 35 minutes now do you think that's the i think that's just the classroom chemistry yeah like i think i don't know you've got to have some people in there that 
push back on on everyone. Yeah, and it was a really small class too. There were only eight of us, and there was two guys. So, and it felt like not a lot of the girls in that class were really friends with each other. So people were pretty quiet at times. Yeah, that's another thing that's important is that you've got to have some friends, mm-hmm. right? Not everyone needs to be friends, but one or two combinations of students yep. that goes such a long Definitely. way. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it, what would you say your favorite subject is? Do you have a favorite subject? Do you know what you might want to look into studying when you go to college? Um, I definitely do not know what I'm going to study in college. Um, but my favorite classes have been math classes just because of the group of people that I've been with. Like data analysis this year with Miss Gorski has been a really good time just because of the group of guys. Um, as I said, the math classes with Mr. Guline and then sophomore year with Mr. Ford. Matt Parker, Amir Crawley, Jackson Barnhill, just really good, good groups of guys in my math classes, which I've been very fortunate. Now, do you like the subject? Do you like going home and doing math problems? Um, I wouldn't say I love it, but I, it was definitely fun because um, a lot of times in last year, especially uh, pre-calculus, we would go up to the boards and it would almost be like competitions. So we would have races to see who could finish the problem the fastest, which was always fun competing against the other guys. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's good. The, I didn't know Miss Gorski taught a beta I think that, class. I think this is her first year teaching the class. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. I took a statistics class, and I was not a big math person at all. But my teacher, I wasn't a huge fan of the teacher either, but she showed us the movie Moneyball. Mm-hmm. And, again, I'm not a baseball guy, but that, mon- that Moneyball movie kind of got me interested into yeah. the practical applications and – you know, statistics is interesting when it's applied the right way, in my opinion. Yeah. So that's got to be cool in Miss Gorski's class. Yeah, definitely. Have you seen Moneyball? I have. Very good movie. You're a big sports movie guy. Yep. Moneyball, Miracles, my possibly one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, yeah. So before a big game, you're watching Miracle. Well, they took Miracle off of Netflix. I don't have Disney Plus, so I haven't watched it in two years, maybe, which is really disappointing. <laughs> Yeah. What other movie recs do you have for me? Uh, the Big Lebowski, one of my favorite movies. Uh, old school, really good movie. A lot of great quotable lines in there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one that's not so inappropriate as the last two. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I, I, those are definitely my top three. Do you watch many TV shows? Uh, Entourage was a good TV show I watched during quarantine. Um, used to watch The Office all the time, but same with that. That was taken off of Netflix, so haven't really watched it in a while. I like that. I like some of these lighter, you know, comedy shows and TV and, and movies that you're watching because I've been watching shows. I turned on HBO the other day, mm-hmm. and HBO just really has no lines. Like they'll they'll put anything out there. I watched some of that The Last of Us that just came out on. I don't know what that is. It's it's supposed to be based on a video game, but it's, um, you know, I watched the first 30 minutes of it, and I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I'm sure it's good because mm-hmm. it's getting a lot of good reviews, and I think someone rated the Rotten Tomatoes, rated the first episode like 99%. It's really, really good in their eyes, but I couldn't even finish it. It was just yeah. so gory and bloody, and and usually I'm not that squeamish with that stuff, but, you know. I think there was a line with this show. Yeah, I've, I've never watched a horror movie before. Never finished one or made it past 10 minutes. Not really into the gore. Yeah, you're more of a com- comedy guy. Yeah, I don't 
I like to have I like to smile and laugh when I'm watching something. <laughs> Don't want to cry or be afraid or scream. I like that. I respect that. All right. So how about book recommendation? So this is uh, Legacy by James Kerr. I don't know if I'm supposed to show the camera. Yeah, um, you want to hold it up a little bit? There you go. Uh, Coach Incontrera gave this to the uh, four lacrosse captains to read uh, right before Christmas break. Um, almost done with it. One or two more chapters left. Very good book. Um, it's just talking about how uh, the New Zealand All Blacks, who are a world-renowned rugby team, um, have been really successful for a very long time. And it talks about some of the ups and downs of those teams um, and how the leadership styles of the various captains have helped build that team and program. Love it. I, uh, I teach a leadership and character class in, this, in the fall, and we read some of this book initially just to, to you know, see from an athletic perspective how you know, different captains of this rugby team led the team. And... While we were reading it, there was a really good video I saw on Twitter of uh, Nadal, and it was like his part of his routine is that he always sweeps the court before and after he plays. He doesn't have somebody else do it, and he easily could, right? He's the mm-hmm. best pl- tennis player in the world. He does it himself, and I think it's very much connected with the servant leadership and yeah. cleaning up after yourself, and the little things really matter, and making the locker room clean when you leave and, you know, you go to an away game, you go to a locker room, you make sure everything's spotless, right? These yeah. m- these minor things that somebody else could probably take care of, leaders on teams, good leaders do it themselves and they don't, they don't have, you know, the freshmen do it. Yeah. One of the, one of the big ting- things I got away from this book was there are captains on every team, but every player on the team needs to be held to the same standard as, a captain or a freshman, everybody needs to be looked at as equal for the team to succeed. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, and I think it's hard as a captain, right? Because, you know, you're usually you're usually one of the best players on the team or looked up to, especially in high school, I feel like that's the case. But some of the best captains and leaders that I've ever been around are guys that are so humble, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a it's part of Gilman's motto, right? Or, or Gilman five is humility. I think you see that a lot on teams is the guys that, you know, don't have huge egos are the best leaders. Yeah. Remy Reynolds, my sophomore year was the captain of the lacrosse team. And he, he wouldn't really talk a lot of trash. He would just kind of show up every day and just do the work that was required of him. And he was a great lacrosse player, probably the best player on our team that year, but he just showed up every day. And he expected the same thing out of himself every day and worked hard. Yeah, and he set a good example, I think, um, in the way that he wasn't the loudest guy out there. He yeah. wasn't doing the warm-up speeches, and that's not necessary, right? He came every day, and he was he was he gave everything he had at every practice. And mm-hmm. that's what it's about, I think, is being a – you know, you need your vocal leaders too, mm-hmm. but you got a guy there who, you know, he just played hard, and people looked looked at him and said wow that's pretty impressive yeah he had to show up every day and have charlie pope all however much he weighs running at him for an hour and a half every day and he just had to take it and try and give it back to him yep yep i'm sure uh ruckers will be pretty good again this year yeah definitely i think they beat maris like 17 to 2 this weekend 
I was watching some of the Vermont Syracuse game this yep. weekend. Watch some of that. I think Pope's out. I think he's yeah. He tore his ACL and MCL this summer in a men's league game. I think. Mm. So if you had to predict your Final Four college lacrosse right now in February, which it's crazy that the first week of the season is February fourth. Yeah. You know, it's just in my opinion, it's a little too early. But um, if you had to project your Final Four, who would it be? Um, Notre Dame has not played yet. But especially if they get Jake Taylor back, who tore his ACL this summer, I think uh, Notre Dame could make it. Um, I'm going to go Maryland again. Their defense looked a lot better. Their offense looked good, but their defense looked exceptional this weekend against uh, Richmond. Um, I'm going to go Georgetown. I feel like they look really good this year. Will Bowen on defense, Jacob Kelly, Tucker Dordovic, um, Nate Solomon from UNC. And uh, for my fourth team, I'm not even sure who the top four preseason rankings were, but um, I'm going to go uh, Duke. Brendan O'Neill is just too good. Really? No wow. UVA. No UNC. No UNC, no UVA. Hmm. I, I'm going to have to put UVA in there because I just think they've got too many, too many horses. Well, if Kyle Morris starts in goal, I think they could definitely make a deep run, but I don't know. Yeah, they need to make some changes. Um, who do you who did you grow up watching that you really like to model your game after? Because I think that's important for younger younger players. You know, when you're growing up, you gotta you gotta watch someone and try to do what they do in your backyard or at practice to get your own style. Mm-hmm. Who's that player for you? There were a couple guys. I mean, I would go to Hawkins games growing up. So one of the guys I would love to watch was uh, Brandon Ben. He was a Canadian. He was a righty tack and really good hands, mm-hmm. thrown behind the backs all the time. Um, and then in the past couple of years, Yale guy, Matt Gaudet, loved watching him because he was just kind of a, a really good off-ball player, knew how to find seams really well and would just do a really good job of getting open. And then finally I'd say Ryder Garnsey, who was just a ton of fun to watch, watching his high school highlight tapes or – always a great watch um especially the 22 minute long one that's always very entertaining um and just another reason i loved watching him was because he was making these like one-handed goals one-handed passes but then when he was scoring big time goals how passionate he was mm-hmm. yeah i think i think that's one thing that perplexes me a little bit about the regimented club you know structure that we were talking about a little bit earlier is that the Lacrosse is such a great sport because of the creativity involved, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about players that are exciting to watch because they're different, right? Ryder yeah. Garnsey is he's creative. He looks like he's having fun out there. You know, you've gotta you've gotta have that and that's one thing that's um different about lacrosse too, is that you get to model your stick. You get to create your stick and, mm-hmm. and have it play the way you'd like to play and you can watch certain players and you know change what they do a little bit and lyle thompson like that backward shot that he does you know i'm sure that's one of the most popular shots these days it's like a new move because he pretty much invented that or made it popular yeah so that's one of my favorite things about lacrosse that i think is i don't think it's getting lost but i think you you pick up those habits and those skills when you're in your backyard just having fun messing around yeah i think with lacrosse it's really interesting because no matter how big, fast, or strong you are, you can always find a guy on the field that looks or is built just like you. Like Matt Rambo and Michael Sowers probably have a 70-pound weight difference, but they both play the exact same position and are both extremely talented and play professionally and both have won championships now um, at the highest level in 
they are very different players. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, and that's why I think it's so important to watch someone, right? You watch someone who has your body type, has hands like you do, shoots the way you do, mm-hmm. and model your game after them. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. Well, there'll be a lot of good lacrosse on TV this year. I'm excited. I'm going on Harvard plays UVA. Mm-hmm. Their first game of the season, UVA's like fourth game, so it might be. I think it's just UVA's second. I think it's just UVA's second. Oh, is it? Harvard scrimmage St. John's this weekend. I think UVA plays Michigan this weekend. They play Navy, too, I think. They play Navy also, same weekend? Maybe it's a scrimmage. I don't know. They they already scrimmaged Navy. Oh, they did? They scrimmaged Navy two weeks ago, I think. Okay. Yeah, but so they they play Michigan this coming weekend and then play Harvard, you guys, the next weekend. Mm. So it will be good. I mean, I'm just excited that we've got some Gilman guys playing in college and we fun to, to oh, yeah. watch them. It's a lot of fun seeing guys who played against in the MIA now on TV and saying, oh, that guy scored two goals on us last year. I dodged on that guy and scored on him, which is always a lot of fun. Yeah, it's the best part of this league. You know, it's like I look at some of our games on, on you know midweek games, and I'm like, this is more fans and more excitement than I ever got in college. Yeah. You know, it's the cool thing about Baltimore. Yeah. All right, Bo, I think we're getting to the end here. Anything we didn't cover today? We got lacrosse, we got hockey, got movies. Yeah. Got Legacy, Gilman. I think I we know. got it all. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for your interest in the podcast. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. Any guests? You know, we're getting Oscar on. Any other guests from Gilman School that you would be interested in hearing from? Uh, I think Jackson Barnhill would be a very entertaining podcast. Um, I think the next time Kyle Morris is in town, you should get him on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can talk. He can he can talk for a while. <laughs> All right, good good uh, good recommendations. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having.